ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. He had a vision of a democratic Russia, of a nation that could sit alongside its European neighbours. And he was a constant thorn in the side of the Russian president. So now Alexei Navalny is dead, who will take on Vladimir Putin? And who's next on his hit list? I'm Sam Hawley on Gadigal Land in Sydney. This is ABC News Daily. Hi, my name is Rajan Menon. I direct the Grand Strategy Program at Defence Priorities and was until recently an academic. Rajan, a lot's been said about Alexei Navalny in the last few days. World leaders have condemned the death of jailed Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, laying the blame at the feet of the Kremlin. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. What has happened to Navalny is yet more proof of Putin's brutality. Russia's prison system said he lost consciousness after a walk and couldn't be revived. He was serving more than 30 years in prison for charges he claimed were politically motivated. The significance of what he did to fight for democracy in Russia, it's lost on few people. Uh, Yes, indeed. He made the case that there is no reason that Russia cannot be a European-style democracy. But I think that the aspect of his campaign, if one can call it that, that hit home particularly to Russians is his attempt to expose corruption at the highest levels. In fact, he coined a phrase that resonated with people. He said the current government consists of crooks and thieves. Some people have compared him to Nelson Mandela. He survived threats, poisoning, jail time. Just remind me of what he went through in the lead up to his death. Well, he's a 47-year-old man who has been poisoned and almost died. The poisoning occurs, I said, in August of 2020. On a plane bound for Moscow, paramedics rush to help a passenger in pain. Alexei Navalny was so ill, pilots had to make an emergency landing. He then was given medical attention that saved his life, but he was in a coma. He then was taken to Germany, and Putin's expectation was good riddance. He will stay there. Putin, by the way, never uses his name. He always refers to him as either the patient or the prisoner. Last month, President Putin dismissed accusations he was behind the near-deadly poison attack on Mr. Navalny. (laughs) Who needs him? If someone had wanted to poison him, they'd have finished him off. So the Germans uh, revived him, I think, after three weeks or so. And he immediately said, well, I'm going back. He was cracking jokes and very jovial. And so, you know, his courage is exemplary. The, The thing with Navalny is there will doubtless be other figures who will come forward as opponents of Putin. But his shoes are very, very big shoes to fill. And it's very rare to find people with that kind of courage. His wife, Julia, travelled to Germany for the Munich Security Conference straight after his death. She received a standing ovation. People were really moved by what she had to say, weren't they? Absolutely. She just heard that her husband had died and her poise and courage 
and the articulateness with which she spoke is absolutely remarkable. But then she's a remarkable woman in her own right. I was thinking for a long time, what should I do? Should I go here or should I fly straight to see my kids? But then I thought, what would Alexei do if he was here? And I'm sure that he would have chosen to be here, to come to this. Russian authorities say he felt unwell after a walk in the yard at the Arctic penal colony where he was being held and lost consciousness. But what do you think happened to him? You know, the circumstances of his death remain mysterious. The official version is, and it was given almost immediately, that he suffered a blood clot. And doctors who have been asked this question, is that plausible, have said it's impossible to diagnose the fact that he had a blood clot so soon after he was given medical attention. But if I might, just a brief word on the conditions in which he was kept. For prolonged periods, he was kept in solitary confinement. Now, that means a cell of six meters by six meters, a window that cannot open, a mattress, and a stool affixed to the floor. Once you wake up in the morning, the mattress is taken away, and all you can do is sit on this steel stool or lean against the wall. You're not given any writing materials except for a very brief period of time, and your rations are severely reduced. So the conditions under which he was kept, forget the long jail stretch, which is bad enough, the conditions under which he was kept were abysmally bad. Mm, Terribly cold. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, Alexei Navalny, he was always worried that he'd be assassinated. In an interview with CBS News in 2017, He said he tried not to think about it too much, otherwise he couldn't get on with the job he was trying to do. What do you think the probability is that you will end up in prison? Mr. Putin uh, personally decided such things and no one understands what's in his head. What do you think the chances are you'll end up dead? Well, like, like, you know, 50%. I would be killed or I would not be killed. He also spoke to CNN in a documentary in 2022 called Navalny, he had a message to his supporters about what they should do if he was killed. My message for the uh, situation when I'm killed is very simple, not give up. And he said, you know, if they decide to kill me, it means that the fight for democracy is incredibly strong. Well, he, he had two messages, right? One is, if they kill me, it shows that they're panicking, that we are making a difference. And the second he, uh, thing he said was, regardless of what happens to me, whether I'm alive or dead, don't stand still, keep fighting. We don't realize how strong we actually are. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for the good people to do nothing. So don't be inactive. Rajan, how have Russians responded to his death? Several Russians, more than several, I would say about 100, tried to go out into the street and put flowers in various locations to honour Navalny. He fought for all of us, and now we have to at least honour his memory. 
I just sincerely feel sorry for him, to be honest. I can't say anything else. Just sorry and sad that this has happened. But very quickly, the goon squad arrived and they were taken away and the flowers were taken away as well. It is very clear that Putin does not want Navalny's death to snowball into anything approaching mass protests. And so the cracking down immediately was a sign that if you're thinking of coming out in the street in larger numbers, we are ready for you and we will take very severe action. He's not the only one, by the way, to kind of fall by the wayside, as it were, in, um, in trying to oppose Mr. Putin. No, there's a long list of opponents of Vladimir Putin who have either wound up poisoned or dead. Well, I count from 2003 onward 10. Some of the mo more prominent ones are Boris Nemtsov, who was shot dead at the age of 55 on the Kremlin Bridge. He was a deputy prime minister under Boris Yeltsin, the president who preceded Vladimir Putin, and a vocal Putin critic. Much more long ago, in 2006, the journalist Anna Politkovskaya, age 45, who was an investigative reporter and specialized in documenting human rights abuses during the war in Chechnya, was shot dead in her apartment. The next name I'm going to mention, I'm sure everyone knows, it's Alexander Litvinenko, who was a KGB agent and then joined the successor agency, the FSB. At the age of 34, he was poisoned with polonium and died. Navalny, by the way, was poisoned with an agent called Novichok. Now, both of these are agents that are very, very difficult to get hold of, hence the suspicion that it was state agencies uh, that did it. If I could mention one other name, Vladimir Karamurza, a British-educated a journalist, a documentary filmmaker, comes from a storied family of human rights activists. He is serving a 25-year jail term. That is the largest single-stretch jail term that's been given. He, too, was poisoned on two occasions, 2015 and 2017. He's alive, but he's in prison. Rajan, let's now look at what this means, his death, for the fight for democracy in Russia. There is, of course, a so-called election this year. Who can replace Navalny now to take up this fight for democracy in Russia? You know, people like Navalny and Nelson Mandela and Vladimir Karamurza, the man I mentioned who is still in prison, don't come around very often. Mm. And so it will take time. There's no immediate figure that can step into this. Can Yulia Navalnaya, his wife, do it? Possibly. But the same thing may happen to Yulia Navalnaya if she comes back and starts an opposition campaign. She too could be jailed. And the fact that she's a woman isn't necessarily in protection. If she decides to come back and say, I'm going to pick up where my husband left off, because she believed in many of the same things and is an extremely poised and courageous woman, then certainly she is within their gun sights, so to speak. Mm, gosh, okay. All right. So she does plan to return to Russia? Oh, I think without a doubt she will. I mean, she, I think at some point said that, what would Alexei do? Mm. And I think the answer is quite clear. Incredibly brave if she does. 
Rajan, let's have a look now at how the world is and should be responding to Navalny's death. Joe Biden, the US president, says Putin is responsible and other world leaders, including our own Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, are saying the same thing. We hold Vladimir Putin and the Russian regime responsible uh, for this death in prison. So they're all in furious agreement about that. But what should the world do about it? Well, the chorus of condemnation, as witnessed the names that you mentioned, is very loud, particularly the Western world. In the other parts of the world, not so much. But, you know, Putin, the relationship between Russia and the West, especially in the aftermath of the Ukraine war, are so bad that I think the Russian government has reached the conclusion that they don't give a damn what the West says. And as for further action, given the raft of sanctions that we've put on them, and the fact that the sanctions haven't had any immediate effect in terms of changing the government's course um, in uh, in Ukraine, there's not a lot more punishment than can be meted out. You can tighten up sanctions and so on. The, the record of sanctions making a difference is actually quite poor. All right. Well, Rajan, Navalny is gone, but the fight's not over, is it, for democracy in Russia? No, no. Going back to Tsarist Russia, there is a long tradition of very courageous people who are willing to sacrifice their lives to go up against the state. The country has never been lacking for dissidents. The real question is, can they ignite enough of a resonance from the grassroots population that stirs up rebellion on a large scale that really makes the regime vulnerable? That we haven't seen. The combination of rewards for cooperating with the regime, that is not breaking with it if you're part of the power structure, and repression for going against it if you're on the outside, that combination has proved very, very effective. Rajan Menon is the director of the Grand Strategy Program at Defence Priorities. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald with audio production by Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.